This is AM Reviews. I'm Adrian. I'm Muhammad. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and all things superheroes. And whatever else interests us. Be sure to like AM Reviews on Facebook and check out our YouTube channel at AM Reviews. And follow us on Instagram at Moe's underscore TV16. And at just underscore Adrian underscore underscore. Which will be linked in our podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to AM Reviews. It's Muhammad and Adrian. We're here to review the movie The Devil All the Time, which is a Netflix original film starring Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson, Bill Skarsgård, Harry Melling, Sebastian Stan, uh, and really a host of other people, but I think those are the main characters in this film. Now, this movie is pretty long. It's rated R. Um, it gets very brutal at times, but mm-hmm. I would say that there's not much of a story that you can really get behind, like that you can really follow. Um, but basically, we're, we're kind of following behind uh, Tom Holland's character, Arvin, mm-hmm. as he goes from a child all the way to adulthood and how he's affected by the town that he lives in. But what did you get from the devil all the time? Yeah, I think um, it, it is kind of hard. I think the first 30, 45 minutes to really figure out whose story we're actually listening to. Um, it kind of gave me vibes of, uh, oh gosh, what's the movie? It was on Netflix as well. But it was a take on the Charles Manson story. Um, was this a docuseries or? Oh, no. It was with DiCaprio. Oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. Once Upon a Time. Yes, in Hollywood. It gave me some of those vibes with telling such a long, broad story, except this was even more loosely put together, I feel like. Um, which was odd because it was a singular storyline. It was just hard to figure that out because we see the father's background and upbringing. Then we get to Tom Holland's character and what kind of makes him who he is, the side characters of his stepsister um, and how it, it all kind of intertwines and the stepsister's uh, father and his storyline and how it all kind of ties back in. Um, but it does all of this and I feel like we didn't get anywhere. <laughs> at the end like that was very broad and didn't say much but a lot happens in this story and it doesn't really feel like much happened at the end which is so weird because two hours of your life are gone yeah that's true and I'm fresh off of watching this film and I can say that you know I think parts of the movie are you know they're, they're good parts but they don't all come together um, because we we have so many different characters, and I guess you kind of can feel like Tom Holland's character Arvin is the main character because we're kind of following him from childhood to adulthood, early adulthood. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other people in there that's pretty interesting. I mean, almost everybody is involved in some type of scandal. Um, people who present themselves as being somebody who's supposed to be good, they're not. And there's multiple deaths in this film where it just kind of became, I wouldn't say predictable, but 
it, it didn't have <laughs> the same weight every time somebody died. I, I could see that. I, there was no stakes. There's no real high stakes. Everyone who dies in this film, I expected to die. Um, and their death was unconsequential. And I think that may have been on purpose because, it, I mean, I think it talks really about how insignificant a lot of these people are while being so significant in their own orbits, which I guess is like a, a true thing to real life. You see a stranger on the street and they're just that one moment for you, but they do have their own life story. And I feel like this movie did a good job of taking those people you meet once and deep in, going way deep into their lives. Um, and you kind of feel like, at least I felt like, okay, who was... Who is this movie supposed to be about and where is their story? Because I feel <laughs> like I learned a lot about a bunch of side characters and not a main character. Yeah. Um, well, I guess Tom Holland, he's the main character, I, I guess. But you do get the backstory of a lot of the, the, the different characters to the point where you're like, what? who is this movie about? What is the end right. goal here? What and, is the end goal? Yeah, I, I still don't know. But <laughs> I guess to show corruption in a small town in West Virginia, but still, I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, now, I would say that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a good parallel um, because a whole bunch of nothing happens in that movie. But, you know, it was great acting. Um, but I feel like I was involved in almost every scene in this movie. Because, I mean, almost nothing nothing really fits together to have like a, a central main story for sure. uh, the devil all the time. But in Once, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that one, yeah, there's a straightforward story for the most part. But, I mean, there's a lot of boring parts where nothing is happening. <laughs> and in this one, I felt like there was always something happening. You just didn't know if it was relevant or not. No, I, not, not at all. Because I'm like, okay. <laughs> so let's take I, let's take one of the side stories. I guess starting with the father, um, and you have a character who is from a dirt poor family, um, grows up, goes into the military. Viet, he's drafted um, to fight in a war. I think it's World War II, um, and he comes home. He meets a waitress. That he thinks is kind of cute, marries that waitress and moves out to the middle of the woods um, and has his little family, his son, who's kind of a runt, who's Tom Holland, grows out to be Tom Holland. And um, the mom gets sick. He has a existential crisis and starts sacrificing dogs or just one dog. Um, and it's parallel to this to this crucifix he found while in war of one of his um one of the soldiers and it's just a weird thing it's like that's how he found god it was the most terrifying moment of his life but he found significance in that and chose to recreate that that crucifix in his backyard where he prayed very roughly with his son um, upside and, the head I <laughs> praying, come on, on boy. Praying about him. <laughs> I'm praying, Pa. <laughs> yeah, they're all country. Don't you think it? <laughs> it was very uncomfortable. Um, yeah, and, and he does that. So also, in this at this moment, the the wife of um, 
So this is Bill Skarsgård, you know, the father mm-hmm. of Tom Holland. You know, his his wife, she's come down with cancer and, you know, he's praying to God and like, don't take her and everything. But then he's the dog as a sacrifice. And um, young Tom Holland, he's like, no, don't sacrifice my, my dog. What'd you do? Bring him back. And their their mother still ends up dying. And then that's when the father, you know, I guess he couldn't take it anymore. And he commits suicide. Right. So he commits Tom Holland there. is left left on his own. Right. Now, we described that about five, less than five minutes. That's about 30, 45 minutes of this film. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. Like, exaggerating, but it was a while. Yeah, it was a while. But I was wondering, like, when are we going to get to, like, the meat of this <laughs> movie? Like, the people that I came here for, you know, the, the superhero <laughs> people that I watch all the time. <laughs> Robert Patterson and Tom Holland, you know, especially Robert Patterson's character, much Slower time getting his character. Um, he was a character. What's that? I said he's a character. All right. <laughs> yeah, he he's a character. All right. But so so all this happens. He becomes an orphan and he has to stay with his um his grand his aunt or his grandmother. Uh, I, well, initially as a child, it was his aunt, and then as he got older, it seemed like it was a grandmother. I don't know. I took on a, like a took on that more of a grandmother role, uh, really mother role, as she took him in. Um, what was strange though is we get another backstory that we don't know how it relates. But um, before uh, Willard Russell is his name, Bill Skarsgård's character, before he marries Tom Holland's mom and has you know his, his the son, the mom tries to set him set him up with this girl in church. Um, who lost their family, um, that kind of a thing. Well, the girl stays in touch with the grandmother um, as a church friend and one day goes out for a little picnic with her husband um, and never returns. <laughs> and um, so now grandma adopts um stepsister of Tom Holland. Now that leads us to the next side story of this crazy preacher, um, Roy Lafferty. Who is one of those Southern Baptists who, you know, I'm going to take these spiders and put them on my head and they're not going to devour me or bite me because God's going to protect me. He's one of those. Um, <laughs> and, he, and he hellfire and brimstone preacher. Um, and he does this in the church and somehow it just turns this girl on. She is like, yes, I want that in my life. I need this pastor in my house. Um, and then and they get married. And you know what? That leads to her downfall because they didn't go for a picnic. And there was a large gap in between this scenes. But mm-hmm. turns out they didn't go to a picnic. He goes and kills her and thinks he can resurrect her with the power of Christ. And it does not happen. Also, well, before we move on, like, oh, I still don't get why he did that. Like, was he just trying to show proof that, you know, he could bring her back? Or I, I still don't there was know why. no explanation. He did. He sat in that closet for like a month, praying. Um, after the spiders bit him in the face, I believe. Um, Those fake CGI spiders. That's right. He thought that's what God told him he needed to do, and he did it. And of course, his wife was dead. Um, he killed his wife. Um, all the while, his cousin is in the car, um, asleep. 
Because <laughs> he's just attached by the hip, I guess. His cousin just rides around with him. Um, and he tells him what happened. His cousin says, you just killed her. I mean, what are we going to do? <laughs> We're just going to keep driving and we'll run. Um, so they do that. And I guess that leads us to the next side character story. Well, um, before we move on, the, the cousin, yeah. I think he just disappeared. Like he just did not show up again right. the next they day. Didn't say what happened to him? He was crippled. He had a wheelchair. But they didn't really explain what happened. Well, I think he just left him alone in the car. He he left um, Harry Melling, the guy who killed the the well, I guess his his wife to be or something like that. Well, it was and, his wife at that point. Okay, well, yeah, he killed her, and then the cousin he just disappeared. He just never showed up again. I, I guess he just left him. <laughs> That's what happened. I guess so. He never showed up again, but you know, you can continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he does that, and it's only like this is in like episodes because the story, the side stories are so far apart from the central theme. It's like side episodes. So this happens. We meet our next set of main side characters, um, and we have a gentleman who, uh, let's see if I can find his name. Um, Jason Carl. Clark. Oh, yeah. Jason Clark is the actor. Um, plays Carl, who enjoys taking his wife um, on the road, hitchhiking, pretending to, to pick up hitchhikers, hitch, uh, hitchhikers and um, taking them out in the woods and having his wife seduce them while he takes pictures of this, of her stripping in front of them and doing sexual acts. And then he kills them. And he takes pictures of that. And that's just what he does with his life. Um, and it's like the most <laughs> weird switch of tone in the film that I wasn't expecting to happen. Um, no. And it's all connected because they do this with, lo and behold, the preacher who killed his wife. They do it with him. And I think in some ways thought this was like a sweet release, um, a punishment for his sins because um, he was kind of okay with dying. But that's the next character we meet, and his sisters <laughs> turned up pretty important. His sister, the, or the wife, is the sister of the sheriff. This is the sheriff who was once a deputy who found Tom Holland as a kid at the cross. Well, with with the bloody face, or well, pie on his face looks like blood. Um, you know, once his parents die, so there's a history there with this weird connection of uh, of life and. It goes into the weird side story of the sheriff wanting to, he's trying to run and he's a dirty cop and it's just, none of it makes sense. I don't <laughs> understand why it's relevant to the storyline at all. None what is the storyline? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The devil is at the devil all the time. All these people are terrible and they commit heinous acts. <laughs> yeah. Just um, nothing but corruption, um, multiple murders brutality, sexual acts, um, weird fetishes. <laughs> right. I mean, you go, they fast forward in the time and, 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 you know, Tom Holland's character, Arvin is growing up and with his stepsister. And I guess his stepsister takes after her mother and is seduced by the new preacher in town, um, who Robert Patterson's character. 
um, who is a very self-righteous um, guy. And I will say one of the most embarrassing, funny parts of this film. So the preacher invites everyone over for Sunday to bring dinner. He wants everyone to bring a dish. And Tom Holland's caretaker, grandmother, whatever, brings brings this dish and it's like cheap meat. It's like really cheap. I think it's some kind of pork. And cooks it the best she can. And he goes and he looks at the food that was brought and he says um, something along the lines of like, you know, this is where I need to be um, because it has servants who don't have much. They have the humblest of means and still find it right to bring food here. Basically saying this, whoever cooked this dish is so broke but so willing to serve God, I know this is where I should be. You know how embarrassing that is? Just call her broke in front of all her friends. She wanted, She said she could just die right there because she was so embarrassed. But, so sad. Yeah, but before that scene, they tell us, like, there's a narrative throughout the whole movie. He's saying that she's, like, one of the best cooks around town. Right. Everybody loves her cooking. She can turn anything into you know like a souffle or, or whatever and this is where it builds up to the humiliating part where i mean it was kind of un- unexpected oh yeah very unexpected <laughs> i definitely thought he was gonna say you know this is so good oh my gosh because she can just fry up anything no he said she is broke i don't know who made this but they are broke but you know what i'm glad they made it anyway and i'm gonna eat this dish right and Arvin tried to turn around and said, you know what, Ma? You know, he was, he probably just wanted it to himself because it was so good. That's why he said all that. Just don't even worry about it. I mean, that's just sad. That's, that's poor and poor. And they in a poor town. And she was the poorest one there. And that is just sad. Well, I mean, we don't see the preacher's riches either. I mean, it looks like he just that's sits true. around in, in, the, um, in, in the church all day. This is true. Doing nothing. He sits like there. That looks like it's, it's his house. He he doesn't have much. All he does is sit in the church. Um, he is a, he's a decent car, a nicer car. Um, but we really, the only way we get to know the reverend is through his acts. Um, and, you know, we alluded to the daughter taking after the mother and being attracted to preachers. Well, so is this daughter. And she, uh, so the step, sister of Arvin, um, she of Charlotte. Um, she goes to the church. She goes every day to pray um, and sit with her mother's grave. Um, and she did that before the pastor came. But now there's a new pastor and it was raining and Arvin wasn't there. Arvin stayed at the school to beat up some guys who had um, were bullying um, his sister. Right. So Charlotte's there by herself for the first time. It begins to rain. She goes into the church um, and, you know, having a conversation with the pastor and the pastor is a whole pedophile um, and creep. Right. He essentially uses the Bible to seduce her. Um, he get they get in the car and take a ride out to a quiet place in the woods where he says he can really listen and find God. And he does all of this and convinces her to start stripping um and and they have this sexual relationship going forward and you know you feel very uncomfortable the entire time with the way this is filmed and you're like oh my gosh you're really we're really watching this and at the end of it all 
she smiles, doesn't tell anybody because she likes what's happening. Um, yeah. And it's like, okay, that's a weird turn. Um, very weird. Very and, weird turn. There's and, this montage about it. Yeah, there's a montage because, you know, Tom Holland, he's going to come back around and uh, get revenge. But before then, um, let's talk about this pastor again. His yeah. voice, the the way that he did his voice, that was just hilarious. Like he was the, just the some country type accents of, in this one are just so exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> it was like he was just like some, like you could spot a con man a mile away. That's what type of voice oh, he yeah. had. <laughs> snake oil. Um, definitely what they were going for um, in this one. If anything, he nailed that voice. If you didn't know who the bad guy was. You should now, um, because it's very clear by the way they had him talk and behave, his mannerisms at all. Um, very good acting, but uh, yeah. very uncomfortable presence. Um, when he's giving his sermons, when he's talking to the girl, even talking to, to Arvin, it's very uncomfortable. Um, they have this relationship, and then Charlotte ends up pregnant. And he says, well, that's impossible. And Charlotte goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're grown, I'm grown. We know how this works. He said, "No, that can't be. Can't be mine. Can't be mine." And what a shame on you! Shame on you for having this child out of wedlock. So she, unfortunately, she feels so bad about it. She tries to commit suicide. And the narrator has—I think the narrator has a good point, good job during this scene. Um, she essentially goes to hang herself, but then she has a moment of clarity. And she's like, you know, this isn't the right thing. You can see it in her face and in the narration. This isn't what she wants to do. And then she does it by accident, right? Um, but in this church and in many um, interpretations of religion, um, they don't, be- at this time specifically in history, they did not believe suicide um, was something that deserved a funeral. It was like, it's like a huge act against uh god's timing for pretty much and so she gets no funeral service from this pastor who knocked her up who knows that's why she committed suicide no justice there but arvin puts some things together he connects some dots um and he knows that as this pastor now arvin takes after his father he's pretty messed up mm-hmm. and he decides to stock this reverend for a little while look through his window the reverend has a wife they have what seems to be a healthy relationship they (laughs) take a while to show that didn't really need the visuals they gave there but they did and arvin would watch that i guess yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) yes peeping tom if you will but Um, he also like the the reverend he also finds another young girl that he you know perform sexual acts on and she forms a connection now we don't know who that girl is but he continues to find other girls right so and arvin decides you know i'm gonna confront him um he does it pretty artfully you know he comes in and pretty much tries to confess his sins by detailing exactly what the pastor's doing and the pastor catches on he's like say with your chest boy i mean what you're trying to do um and you know they have a little scuffle and Arvin pulls out pulls out little little pistol from his dad and, and shoots him right there in the church, um, and then he goes on the run. 
back to this other small town, which just happens to be where the sheriff is with the sister who seduces people. So these towns are so small and so interconnected in this story. Um, it happens again. And when Arvin shoots the pastor, he flees and goes towards this small town um, with the hitchhiker and his wife and is picked up by them. Um, and, you know, is seduced or tried to be seduced. Um, and then trouble ensues and another murder happens. You want to describe that one? So, yeah, Arvin, he flees away. And then um, as he's trying to get away, he's trying to uh, hitchhike back when, you know, people still did that. Now, I, mean, I guess there are people who still do that now, but nobody's really picking up a stranger on the side of the road. But back in this time, you know, that was more common. And it was the the sheriff's sister, along with her husband, you know, who take pictures with people that they kill right after. And Arvin, you know, he starts to get this vibe that, you know, they're going to try to set me up or kill me. Um, but, you know, he strikes first. He kills the husband first. And then um, he tells the sister, you know, I don't want to shoot you. You know, put your gun down. She says the same thing. But they both end up pulling the trigger. But the sister, she doesn't have any bullets in her gun because the narrator, he go, goes back into telling us that um, the husband, he does not trust the, the sister um, because of, I guess, their acts that they've done together. But he put blanks inside of the gun so she wouldn't have any bullets. So she ends up dying and Arvin is running again, trying to hitchhike, get back to where his uh, where he grew up. And then the cop, which is the sheriff, Sebastian Stan, he's catching on to who it is. Now, at this point, they did have a random call to Sebastian Stan um, that he got. I don't really at this time, I don't think they were able to catch up to people that much. I mean, we're really that fast. It, it just seemed like it just happened way too fast, like within. Yeah hours they knew exactly where he was <laughs> a lot of luck involved for a very not unique description <laughs> yeah you know younger white male brown hair brown eyes they said he's a looker so uh, and that that was what told that's he knew exactly there's only one attractive guy it must be him it must be Arvin. yeah <laughs> so so, they knew exactly who it was yeah right what why but, you know, he catches up to him. Um, you know, Arvin, he's trying to reminisce. He goes back to where he buried his dog. And that's when the sheriff, Sebastian Stan, catches up to him. And he's trying to kill him because he killed his sister. And uh, Arvin, he ends up, you know, striking first and killing the sheriff. And then he hitchhikes again and the movie ends. So uh, what have we learned so far through the movie? <laughs> Not much of anything. All, all I learned was that there was a small town where people did what they wanted and made their own rules. And then it was over. We <laughs> never had any, there was no consequence for, I mean, well, death for a lot of these folks. Um, <laughs> but even that, their stories ended there. They had no offspring. They had no children. It's kind of just, it ended with them. 
Um, so it felt like a weird documentary on like a small town that was like the side story to everything else that was happening in the world. Like I just during this the I meaning the 1960s. I mean, there's protests and there's civil rights movements and all these things going on. But for these folks in this film, it was just about a whole bunch of nothing. Um, that was their daily lives. Um, and I think maybe there's some realism to that, you know, that this is what some average people were dealing with in some really interesting circumstances. Um, a tragic life for Arvin um, and his father. Uh, but, yeah, it's, you know, I didn't gain much. Um, it doesn't really have anything to say, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's a movie, but I think I'm just taking a wild guess, but I'm guessing that they wanted to say there's the devil running through this whole town all the time because there's so many corrupt and bad people within this town that, they just murder each other and um, you have corrupt reverends and uh, these people who commit sexual acts that are weird, you know, trying to take pictures with dead bodies by seducing the person beforehand and killing them for who knows why. And then the sheriffs, they're involved in the same acts, killing people. Um, that's one guy. We haven't talked too much about Sebastian Stan, but he is the brother of the sister who, you know, rides around with her husband, killing people and taking pictures. But he kills some people, too, um, I guess, to knock out competition. I mean, we never see him on a campaign or anything. No, his story is kind of difficult. It kind of seems like he got into power to be sheriff by making some shady deals with people. Um, and he turns on those shady people. Um, during the course of this film, right? They find out about his sister and they want to, he wants to keep it under wraps. So they're kind of blackmailing him with that information. Um, but they, these, this shady individual happens to come across a gun that doesn't leave a trace. Um, and the sheriff says, you know what? To end my problems, I could just kill these two goons and now no one has anything over me. And that's what he does. And that's how, yeah. that's how that part ends. It's no longer a worry. He is um, free to live his life. His biggest concern is his girlfriend, who he's not married to for some reason, and he didn't want people to find out. Um, there's like a brief mention of that. Um, a lot of, a lot of interesting moments in this film that yeah. you don't really know if they are relevant or ever will be, um, but they're in the movie for some reason. Yeah, I mean, it's just a movie about a small town of corrupt people, but it's a whole bunch of nothing, really. I mean, it's all interesting in parts. You know, each story has its own little I mean, each bit of the movie has its own interesting parts, but it all comes together to be nothing. Um, But it was an experience. I'll say it's, you know, like you said, very similar to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, except that one had a lot of boring parts. I mean, this did too, but well, it had a lot more boring parts, but it also had a had a means to an end. Like when well, Once Upon a Hollywood ended, it all tied together, even yeah. with a new plot point in the last five minutes. This one never did that. 
No, no, it didn't. But I can say that I enjoyed this throughout for the most part because there was some intense moments where something was going to happen. But, I mean, just looking from the outside in, yeah, this movie can be very boring, but um, I felt like there were a lot of intense moments where you thought something was going to pop off or somebody was going to die. But that happened so much throughout the movie that it kind of got predictable at the end where, okay, somebody else is going to die. And, you know, their life really didn't matter in the end. They were just another side character that we learned a little bit about throughout the whole movie. But just going back to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I feel like that one just had us watching people live life by walking down the street, driving the car, and like the whole process of it, not cutting to the next scene, like literally us just watching them do stuff and just nothing interesting happening. happening Once Upon a Hollywood felt like you were watching someone play Grand Theft Auto and they were doing the missions. Like, <laughs> well, they were on their way to the mission. <laughs> that part, not right. actually in the mission. You see, every step of the way, you're right. It was like five minutes of what it's like preparing a meal. Um, and it has no real meaning. It's just, let's film. Let's have a really good moment on camera. That's all it was about. Um, I mean, look, nice. This one, there's a lot more dialogue um, of things that aren't really relevant. Um, a lot of, like you said, a lot of tension, a lot of moments of like, what's going to happen next? What, what are they doing? A lot of uncomfortable moments. You know, like, what? Mm-hmm. What genre is this? Why did <laughs> Why is that happening right now? I don't know if I, I like know. this. I don't. <laughs> when I think about it, a lot, a lot, a lot of those moments, um, it, it never in a good way. Always it's... uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, with these preachers, I mean, the, those guys make you think differently about preachers. Even though you know, it, I mean, we always kind of hear about you know preachers having their you know side chicks or whatever, but right, <laughs> or it, it, like. See it. yeah this puts it right in front of you and shows that you know this is how some stuff happens yeah yeah um yeah i don't know who this movie is for i don't know (laughs) i don't know who the desired audience i mean it's rated r i don't know who the desired audience is i mean just i guess film fanatics i mean you have a lot of a lot of big names in this film um a lot of i think hard character acting um so if you want to see range of some of your favorite actors this is definitely um definitely a film to watch for that reason um but i mean like the description of the film a young man is devoted to protecting his loved ones in a town full of corruption and sinister characters. I guess that's a description. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot more going on. Um, yeah, I'm not so sure if everyone who starts this film is going to want to finish it. Mm, probably not. I mean, especially, I mean, you got to get past the first 30, 45 minutes. <laughs> Cause, <laughs> yeah. Because that's, that's kind of rough. I mean, I'm like... Am I missing something? I, do I need to rewind and see if I missed something? Um, but no, I didn't miss anything. Nothing has happened yet. Um, it's not until 
we fast forward into the adulthood of Arvin, which is Tom Holland's character, where we get some more of the intense moments. Um, now we do beforehand, but I mean, it, it didn't really matter in the end. But um, really, none of this movie mattered in the end. But I mean, it was entertaining in parts. Yeah, in parts, in parts. Um, I don't know. There were just things I didn't expect. I mean, that crucifix scene in the beginning. I was like, what is this? That yeah. was weird. Um, the dog we talked about that was put up as a sacrifice to bring the mom back to life. That dog was still there like 12 years later. Because um, <laughs> we ended up going back to that to that hill. Um, the dog was still there. Very disgusting. Um, so gory at some points and very sexual at other points. It's got a bit of everything. So. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Very little diversity. I mean, it was a small oh, town in the middle of nowhere. Zero um, diversity. <laughs> right. <laughs> just call it what it is. <laughs> yeah, zero diversity in the film. I'm not mad at it, though, because I wouldn't know where they'd fit in the storyline anyway. No. Um, it definitely, it almost feels like an like an alternate reality. Um, like, Again, it's events in this story, this timeline in history that no one would care about. Um, no. <laughs> it's interesting that it gets so much, so much screen time. No, this would not be in the history books. <laughs> no. no. Um, but let's go ahead and rate this one. So, yeah, the, the lowest rating is trash. Middle is background noise and the highest is a banger. So how would you rate the Netflix film The Devil All the Time? I would rate this as low background noise almost literally. Dang. Like if you want to take a nap at 4 p.m., put this on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to completely disagree with this with your um, rating. Um, I'm actually going to go with a high background noise because, you know, this this is background noise. It definitely is. Um, oh, yeah. But there are interesting parts in it. I mean, this, there's definitely some inter- interesting parts where, you know, it kind of had me uh, immersed into the movie. Like, I forgot that I was watching a movie or really just watching people acting. And, you know, I felt like I was there. Um, I think basically all of the cast, I mean, they do great. Um, but this movie is about nothing, really. Um, it's just a whole bunch of side characters being put together, trying to revolve around one character, Tom Holland. But, um, yeah, it's really not much that gets resolved in the end. It just ends with Tom Holland on the run. Yeah, and it is just painfully slow. <laughs> I mean, it almost feels like you, you're watching six years of content. Of him growing up because it 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 is a, it is a slow film. Um, it, it's over two hours, so yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's not like a two hours like Infinity War two hours. This is two hours like Forrest Gump, but not funny. <laughs> like, it, oh yeah, there's 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 nothing funny except Robert Pattinson how he talks because he's a con man. Yeah, but. Yeah, that, that's when I really started laughing. Whenever he came into the scene on, on the movie, I was like, okay, this is funny. 
Um, but there's really not much of any jokes. Uh, yeah, it's just a whole bunch of murdering going on and people just living their lives around a country town that's very religious or supposed to be. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I'll say the most interesting thing about the film is the cast and seeing it's a very large cast um, who's involved with a lot of moving parts. Um, So it's interesting from that perspective, seeing some folks on screen, you might not have thought of being on screen together before. Um, But other than that, it's really, it's just something to watch. So if you're bored, got nothing else to do, um, this will this will definitely be something something you can you can uh, waste some time and and watch over. Well, I would recommend it if you're doing something else, you know, cleaning up yeah. around the house, um, maybe working from home. You know, kind of have it in the background because it is background. Right, now, if it's in the background, the this surprise is going to surprise you. You can look at the screen like, wait, what is this? What am I watching? What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, especially with some not of the one reverends. For the kids. Oh, no. No. Definitely not. Not for the kids. Hard, hard R rating. Huh. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, this is literal background noise, but I enjoyed it in parts. But I I wouldn't recommend this to many people. I wouldn't think I would recommend it to anyone. <laughs> I feel like I recommend this to be like, what is, why is this interesting to you? <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, it's like I thought it was going to be like a country western or something like that, and I, I don't like westerns uh-huh. at all. But um, I mean, this this kind of did it for me, but. You know, nothing really happens. Yeah, it, I don't. I don't know what genre put this in. Um, thriller. <laughs> I guess thriller. Uh, Timepiece. I don't really know. Uh, it's a historical film. Wow, a lot of history you didn't. You never wanted to read. 90, I never knew you weren't going to look up. 91% of Google users like this movie. Interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. I still probably wouldn't recommend it to many people. Um, but yeah, that does it for us at a Reviews. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you check out our other platforms, including YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and also Click the link in the description to be featured on our podcast. Thanks for listening.